everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time you're listening. Or good night. Go to or sleep. Or good night. <laughs> go to sleep. Welcome back to Fingers Crossed Podcast. Happy Tuesday if you're listening today, and we are so happy that you're here with us. I'm Sierra. And I'm Christy. And today we're talking about something that obviously everyone loves to talk about dating, about, you know, dating horror stories, hilarious fails or just things that went right or just like dating tips in general like I don't know people like it's such like a common thing I feel like on any podcast or show people always want to talk about it and uh we haven't really done I mean obviously I'm in a relationship and we've just gotten out of pretty much an over year-long pandemic where most people haven't been dating so it's kind of people have it's just been very different and it hasn't been the traditional Nothing's really traditional about these days. But you know what I mean? Like, it's a very different, it's a weird dating I know dynamic. people who have done FaceTime dates and stuff like that. But I mean, I feel like that can only yeah. go so far because then you like, you want to actually meet that person. And also there's like, you know, you want to, there's an element of like physicality too that you want to at some point. Yeah, like you could be talking to someone for so long and then you meet in person and there's just no spark. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's risky. Well, I can, I can give one example here, like per- personally where... Um, I love the, when I'm dating somebody or like not even dating, but like, you know, the whole talking talking Mm -hmm. stage, I love the witty banter texting stage. That's like one of my favorite stages because people are just so clever. And like, it's honestly something that like what I would weed people out that way is like, we have to be able to have like witty banter conversation, like, you know, coming up with insane hypotheticals and then the other person going with it, you know what I mean? And you just like being ridiculous and like, yeah, clever, whatever. So definitely. um, But I also think there's like. Sometimes there's people that are like super charismatic and really have big personalities and everything and have that banter in person, but they just don't come across in text at all. So it's like if you're basing your perception of that on text, like if that's how you're building your relationship and you're like, oh, this isn't going to work, like they don't have the same level of banter as me, but it's just because they suck at texting. Like that could really give you a bad impression of how it would be. It can't. Or what I was going to say is what happened was I was uh, doing the like witty banter talking stage with this guy and it for was a really long time. <laughs> and then. When we, I say a really long time, it was maybe like, I don't know, two weeks because we were busy. And this was like a a couple years ago, for sure. Like before I'd met Jason and uh, I, we ended up finally meeting in person for a date and he was like nothing like how he had been texting in person. And like, it just, it, I was blown away. We'll probably get into this more in the episode, but I think that's a big problem, especially with like online dating. And it's probably just even exacerbated in the whole pandemic world when you had to prolong the like maybe meeting them in person Mm -hmm. kind of phase. And um, it's just the issue of building up in your head and making their personality for them and like imagining what they're going to be like and having your own perception and like projecting your idea of them onto them before meeting them in person you know what I mean and then you meet Mm -hmm. them in person and that like their voice or stupid small things like that don't match that you know whatever you built up in your head it's all about like expectations versus reality essentially and when you have that like so entrenched you know virtual aspect or text i mean facetime you can obviously get a sense but still like there is it's different just like in person just someone's aura their energy how they are like physically with you you know it's just very different and it's easy to build it up in your head if it's like a big online thing before you know yeah like some people do that for a long time like i can i don't have the attention span to just entertain texting someone if i can't meet them in person like soon so some people like do that for a long time though. Like I know yeah. people that started long distance. I actually met some, sorry, I'm like going on this long ass tangent. Um, but it's it can be done, is the thing. I'm not good at it. But I just talked to someone actually who had been living at home. I don't remember where she's from, but somewhere like in the Midwest. And she like set her profile because she was gonna move to New York. And she set her dating profile to New York, started texting this guy for months. They had back and forth, and they would not like daily, but like they would just randomly talk. And then they ended up, when she finally moved to New York, hanging out. And then now they're, like, together. And I'm just, like... That's crazy. I, I don't know how they I'm do I'm so it. glad it worked out for them. That's amazing. I yeah. think there's some types of people... I mean, again, people are so different. But for me, I love texting people and, like, having 
those conversations like and it's different when like you know someone really really well and it's kind of like there's nothing new to say like you know i wouldn't want to be texting with christy all day long and i don't mean that in a rude way we send memes back and forth all day (laughs) but it's like i'll send a meme you'll be like lol and then you send a meme and i'll be like lol it's not you'll send one back and i'll just do like the haha reaction (laughs) i know like it's not like we're having this like super in-depth witty banter where i'm trying to impress you but i love when you like meet somebody new whether it's a friend or someone you like whatever that like introduction stage where you're like getting to know each other and like doing the texting thing and like not everybody likes that but like I would like love doing that with people even like if I wasn't gonna be like dating them do you know what I mean it's just like I think it's so people it's maybe it's like an attention thing or like something to do no I definitely think like some people are just better like text communicators than others bottom line and um I don't know I definitely agree with that in some parts but I I also hit walls of like I don't like talking to people just over the phone and like I don't know personally for me I feel like to an extent it's fun but I would just so much rather just make plans with someone via text not have the pressure of having this huge long conversation where you have to keep it going but just be like okay let's hang out in person like in two days and then do the actual getting to know each other and the fun conversations and that kind of thing like build that out in person and not so much over text that's kind of like what I prefer for me sometimes it like stresses me out the thought of it especially if I'm like texting or or, like making all these plans with like multiple people I'm not talking about always in a dating sense like with you know friends or whoever too you know sometimes I don't always have the time to like block out a two-hour portion of time with like all these various people and so I'm like oh if I can just sort of keep the relationship or the conversation going throughout the week then it's sort of like that person doesn't forget about you or they don't feel like you've forgotten about them we could go on and on about this but this is just one facet of the dating world but before (laughs) we dive into the bulk of our episode let's do an update um lemons of this week things to update about I have a further update on remember my like twenty seven thousand part saga with the final the, the, the chapter, cat, the epilogue, and Jason <laughs> and the cat scratch, and then the cat who's now with my family. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, this has been like a lemon situation that I've gone up. on about for quite a few episodes <laughs> now. Um, but there's always a new chapter because each week there's like a new update. So I obviously, if you are a regular listener, I want to make sure everyone's in the know and. I'm so happy to say that it has a happy ending, a complete full circle happy ending. So I'll just get right to it. Well, for you, um, not for the cat yet. We don't know. No. Yes. For the cat. Oh, for oh maybe I don't for, know this part of the update. I thought you were just no, going to talk about Jason. No, I'm going to talk about Jason. I'm talk about the cat. I'm going to talk Ooh, about our okay. financial statements. I'm going to talk about it all. <laughs> yeah. Get your popcorn. So, um, but I know I have a tendency to prattle on, so I'm going to try to keep it succinct. Aussie, the cat is doing so much better. His health issues have sort of weeded themselves out. He's getting through the kinks. He's, you know, sleeping, eating normally, laying on the furniture, bonding with my mom. Like, he is doing really well. Great. Jason is, is obviously, his hand is totally healed. He's rabies-free. He's rabies, you know, all that is great. But financially, I remember I told you guys how we had, like, a hospital bill for, like, $7,000, and that was for the emergency room after insurance and we applied for so here's the thing retweet to save a life here hospitals have to have a financial assistance policy or most all of them do they don't advertise it to you because they don't want you to use it they want your money but the hospital we went to we did some digging and we found that they had a financial assistance policy so if you make under a certain amount of income you get compensated your your bills up to a certain percentage or if you make below a certain amount at this hospital it was if you make as a single person under $50,000 a year you qualify for 100% reimbursement of your costs and jason he told me it's okay if i share this is his income at this time is under 50,000 a year so he applied also he was unemployed during this whole time And so plus, you know, the fact that he was unemployed and receiving pandemic assistance, lost his jobs and, you know, we're under a certain income bracket, he got the entire hospital bill removed. So, yeah, like like, applause from the audience, like literally, I mean, the difference between owing seven thousand dollars and not like that's not like that's a big chunk of change. Um, Definitely. So. The cat is doing well. Our finances are so grateful. Again, we've both been fully vaccinated and 
so like life just feels really i just feel very grateful on the at up. this moment that's on the so up. great so that's my update um best anything... possible case scenario yeah honestly honestly like, to close this chapter i know that was super stressful that's just like something that hangs over your head and you're like, how is this going to work out? Like, how is this going to end? And I um, mean, the process that we had to go through to submit for this financial aid thing was it was almost like a college application, if not and not like a common app college application, like an in-depth <laughs> private college application with like we had to write. He had to write essays or not like essays, but like statements about like his financial situation and describing his assets, describing his income, describing was like, all this tax stuff. return. Not enough. Well, Andy had to include tax returns. He had to include his all of his um, unemployment information. He had to include all of his. Sounds like applying uh, for an apartment in New York. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like all of your pay stubs from your recent credit jobs. You and... know, like credit, like all this stuff. He had to uh, describe his living environment. We had to have a note from the landlord. Like I had to sign a paper saying how much of the rent I pay so that they could factor that. And I mean, it was like the craziest thing. Damn. But. It worked out in the end, and it was so worth, worth it. it. So yeah, if that's you ever worth hospital- seven thousand dollars. Oh my god, so, so worth it. Um, so if you have just so you know, if you ever have hospital bills, look into the hospital's um financial aid policy and financial aid programs because if you are more in like a lower or average income bracket, chances are you're going to qualify for at least something. Like I think this hospital was also if you make under seventy five thousand, you still qualify for up to sixty percent. I think a lot of people don't know that. You know, they don't know that you can apply for these things outside of your personal health insurance and you can get reimbursed for it. So a big thing about this podcast is we want to talk about like how to survive your 20s. So this is me coming in with like a hot tip for your 20s if or 30s or literally any time in your life. Share that you, people should look into that because they don't advertise it, but it's there. Yeah, definitely something that is good to know because you never know, you know, when emergencies are going to come up and like. Especially when, you know, you're like, oh, I'm young and healthy and I don't need to, like, pay for the most expensive level of my insurance or whatever. But then you never know when a cat is going to bite you and you have to get a rabies shot. And um, it doesn't matter what your previous health was. So it's good to know that there are definitely options for that because it gets so – it's just so insanely expensive. But I'm just so glad that it worked out for you. So, Christy, how about you? What's new in your world, new in your life? Any lemons to throw out the window today? Okay, I've got to say, this is – a tie on from last week's episode so if you listen to that you'll know last week we did a bucket list episode talking about things we wanted to do before we die and our homework if you remember was to complete one of the things on our bucket list by the end of the weekend do you remember this sierra sierra's like oh my god did i not do something let me look at my list and see if i inadvertently cross something <laughs> off if i did like you cross off like qualify for financial aid at the hospital that could be a good one um where did i write this down anyway so i'll just say this the targeted ad gods aka the freaking corporations watching us at all times um were listening in to us recording that obviously they like hear sounds and stuff like they they smell fear you know and they i never like typed in anything and i didn't do any google searching but after we recorded that episode like that night I got Instagram story ads for a helicopter company in New York City that was advertising like, oh, like 50% off tickets if you book right now by the end of the day. And I sent Sierra a screenshot of it. And I was like, oh, my God, they're literally targeting me. Like, this is ridiculous. They listen to you through your phone. It's so creepy, but and, they do it. Yeah. And then the next day, I got another one for the same company for 60% off. And I was wow. like, hmm, that's more than half. It's pretty good. But I was like, nope, nope, I won't be sucked in. And then the next day, don't tell me it was 70% for 70% off. And that, my friends, is less than $100 per seat for a helicopter ride, which I think is pretty good. And I bought them. <laughs> Yay! Oh my god. So, um I don't know when I'm going to go yet and um we'll see. Did you buy two tickets? I did because I was like well, I don't want to go. I mean, I could go alone, I guess, but I'd rather go with someone else. And like, I might as well get them at that same price while they're offering me. Some. Yeah. Oh, so not that it would be that hard to find the discounts at all times, probably because they were that willing to like really go after me with the ads. I'm sure it's one of those things like you could Google, you know, like 70% off code for this company. Um, but yeah, so they last for two years. They're valid. So wow. I don't have to do it immediately. But I really want to in the near future because that episode really motivated me. So this is your sign if you're listening to this. 
make it happen, think about something you've always wanted to do, and speak it into existence. Literally manifest it, and then Jeff Bezos will listen to you and put an ad for a discount in your Instagram stories. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's on manifestation. <laughs> Well, I'm looking at my list that we wrote from last week, and I did not inadvertently cross something Damn off it. this weekend. I didn't accidentally find myself learning to juggle very well, running a half marathon, going wakeboarding, Getting married. seeing the northern lights. <laughs> Having a child. I, I did not eat dinner on top of the Eiffel Tower last Saturday as much as I wish I did. That, that would have been good. <laughs> Uh, yeah no anyway um yeah so that's my little update from the saga of last week but um i just think it's good to remind yourself of like the things that you've always wanted to do and kind of like hold yourself to account if it's within your means or like something you can actually do in a reasonable amount of time or you know effort so um i'm excited and also, wait, can we talk about this? This has actually been a really long intro, so we probably shouldn't. But you guys, Sierra Do texted it. me today. If you listen to that episode, oh. this is like another precursor that yes, it's very important right. to know. Um, you're just going to be so freaking confused if this is the first time you've listened to our podcast. I'm very sorry. We're not usually like this, but actually we are. So <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> Welcome. Join Instant, us. Follow yes. our Instagram. Buy our merch. All those things. <laughs> Sell your soul. Um. Anyway, so Sierra texted me and she goes... Christy, you're not going to believe this, but in September, I'm going to Concord, New Hampshire. <laughs> Literally. If you remember in the episode, I talked about how when I was a kid, I had like this weird, like I was just hit one day with this like epiphany that I needed to go to Concord, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Christy was obsessed with Concord, New Hampshire. Like, okay, what I, I wouldn't call it an obsession. Be- like, it wasn't something I talked about. Like, I didn't go to school and say, like, to my teacher, like, guess what, Mrs. G, next year, one day, I'm going to live in Concord, New Hampshire. It was just You told I- me that you were, like, writing Concord, New Hampshire over and over in your notebook. Yeah, no, that's, like, the extent of it, though. It was strictly a, like, notebook fixation. I would just doodle Concord, New Hampshire. I wasn't, like, Googling anything about it. It really was not... I don't know why. I just, it was a weird thing that just came to me and I doodled about it. And then I never thought about it again until that episode because it was on my bucket list, I guess, to go there. So, anyway, bottom line Sierra has plans to go there in September. And that is, my friends, less than a seven hour train ride for me, which I think is pretty doable. So, yeah, it's, it, I looked, it was like a five and a half hour drive. So, is the train, is the train, the train said like longer? Six and a half. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. That's so bad, pretty. Though. No, I mean not terrible. So, yeah. Jason's family, extended family, have a house in Lake Winnipesaukee, which is a it's like a lake in a small town um, that's like forty five minutes away from Concord. And I was not planning about the Concord thing, but I was looking on a map to see where it was because we're gonna go. And uh, I was just like looking on the map at all the nearby small towns. And then I pulled the map over and I saw Concord, New Hampshire. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, this no. is fate. Like, I, Christy is going to lose her shit when I tell her that I'm going to be there. So we're not actually like staying in Concord, but we will be driving through Concord from Boston on our way to Lake Winnipesaukee. Uh-huh. And it's only a 45 minute drive from the town we're staying in. So easily I could take a day on the trip and meet Christy. We could do like a whole day in Concord. And just get down to the bottom of this. Why was Concord, New Hampshire planted into my brain as a child? (laughs) I just can't. I feel like we're going to hype this up so much. And we're we're going to get there. there, And we're going to be like. Oh, this is <laughs> this is okay. But you know, and no dis- no disrespect if you're from Concord. Like, if so, let us know, and maybe we give can us all recommendations. Meet up. Yeah, I yeah. Tried let to us watch, know the like, best in the life places. Vlogs, and I couldn't really, I didn't really get much out of them. I don't think there's any Concord, New Hampshire. They have vloggers, like a town though. hall that's like very like classic architecture. I was looking on the Google mm, Photos of Concord. Nice. So okay, we'll have to look um, into that more. But yeah. Basically, anyway, those are the so that's a plan. When I'm over on that coast, Christy and I are gonna hopefully do have a Concord, New Hampshire adventure together. Yes, very excited. But that is a story for another day. You'll have to stay subscribed until September to get the follow-up on that one. But today, in the present, it is April, and... We're talking about dating. Sierra just looked up at her calendar like she was in disbelief that it was April. <laughs> like, what just I was, like, out my calendar's right over here. <laughs> well, it's almost May. Like, I mean, where did the da- where did the month go? It's It's insane. You know, I have no answers to that question. But you know what I do have answers to? 
not dating questions either, but I just don't have answers to anything. So we're not going to get anywhere if you're looking for answers for me. But we do have a lot of questions from you guys. So we kind of wanted to make this last time we did focused on just like date horror stories kind of thing or like funny first dates. Um, but we wanted to broaden this one and do more of an interactive like Q&A, hear from you guys as to what you want to hear about, what kind mm-hmm. of conversations you want to have around dating and just like what things interest you on the topic because it is such a broad umbrella you know and there's so many different like stages of early dating relationships long-term marriage living together like there's just so much to be covered so we asked you guys on at fingers cross pod on instagram as usual and you delivered let's start off with a light-hearted one this is one that i actually don't remember if we talked about this i don't know if we did but it's just dating profile tips so the do's and don'ts i would say you know, picture-wise, have them be, like, actually representative of you and Mm -hmm. have a variety of things. Like, the first one, I think it should always just be, like, a picture of just you because it's confusing when it's with other people, I would say. Um, But then have one where it is with your friends and it looks like you're doing something fun. Yeah, I also think that uh, not trying to make your dating profile an idealized version of you, like, don't just make it, like, you know, your Instagram where you're like, oh, I want to make it, like, this highlights reel and have this, like, alternate, like, all my prettiest pictures and like, you know, things where I'm this perfect person. It's like, well, then you're not going to get the right people who are interested in you. You have to make it like an authentic representation of you. Yeah. Like if you're super silly, have pictures of you goofing around and doing silly things. If you're really outdoorsy, have outdoorsy pictures. Be authentic to who you really are and like, be yourself. you know, so that you the right people are interested in you and you're not trying to like create this whole like, oh, I'm perfect kind of a thing. Yeah. Like Sierra said, if you're yourself, then the right people are going to be the ones that want to talk to you so exactly next one says tips for heated moments how to have good communication i think the biggest thing here and i mean this can go for dating or being single is once your words are out there you can't take them back and i know there are a lot of times where i have been so wrapped up in something in the moment or angry that i have almost like said something i've regretted or like said something that's just plain mean for the sake of being mean that like does nothing to actually solve the problem whatsoever so in those moments it's really best to literally just like stop like literally cool off even if you have to like leave come back to it take time to think because once something it's like a tube of toothpaste once you squeeze it out you can't squeeze it back in you know and and sometimes when you say things in the moment that are really hurtful you can apologize but you can't take them back and you want to prevent those situations as much as possible um so time away yeah but i think you should also like communicate with that don't just like storm off without explanation but just say like you don't have to give much to it but just say like I need a minute. I don't want to like overre not overreact, but you could just say like, you know, I'm feeling super angry right now, but I just need a minute to myself and uh, let's talk about this like in an hour or something like that. Exactly. It's just and again that's communication. I think that's such a mature and healthy thing to do, and is letting somebody know that. Also, it takes self awareness though too to like know that about mm-hmm. yourself that like okay, this is what I need right now in order to prevent it from like escalating it. And there's a difference, like, if you're getting heated to yell that, like, you're angry and you're upset that this is happening, then, like, actually, like, name-calling or being, like, rude or unkind. Or accusatory, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, all none of those things are actually, like, getting across what's going on. So, like, just trying to realize, like, even if you're angry, like, is what you're saying actually going to help the situation or are you just, like, being mean? So, yeah, that's a big thing. Um, also as always with any confrontation, like realize where they're coming from and like putting yourself in their shoes. So oftentimes that has to come later and not in the heat of the moment, but definitely big tip for, uh, relationship survival. hundred percent. I think this is a good one dealing with like friends with benefits situations. Someone didn't actually ask like a specific question on this, but they just said like dealing with it. And I would just say, you know, obviously it's all about your intentions and if you're seeing someone and they're honest with you and say that they just want like friends with benefits or they just want to hook up or something and you're not honest with them about you wanting more than that and you're like trying to think that they're going to change or something like you just have to like be straight up and be like actually I don't think I can settle for that because I want a committed relationship just tell them that yeah. and if that means walking away that means walking away because you're just going to 
waste your time essentially with them thinking that they're going to want a relationship at some point when they told you that they just wanted friends with benefits you know what i mean so it's, it's hard like the literal, when there's feelings involved yeah. but it's, it's like, like that literal movie friends with benefits where they agree it's going to be friends with benefits and then it both of them end up developing feelings for each other and falling in love and it's like this beautiful adorable thing you cannot try to rationalize with yourself that like that's going to happen if you have feelings for the person that like you have a friends with benefits mm-hmm. situation like oh well it worked out for Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis so it's going to work out for me it's like no um wait that's what i always say <laughs> what do you mean that's yeah. not a good coping strategy <laughs> don't try to convince yourself that you're okay with something oh my because god it... <laughs> i thought you were about to say don't try to convince yourself that you're Mila Kunis <laughs> no Okay, sorry, go on. Um, Sorry, I was just going to say, don't try to convince yourself that you are okay with something because it temporarily puts a Band-Aid on an issue or, like, puts a, makes you feel good in the moment or temporarily, you know, makes you feel something, like, whatever. Like, don't, don't ignore what you really need for that reason because all that's going to happen is you feel really depressed later, so not worth it. Yeah, and it's all about, like, setting your own standards and being okay with that and being willing to walk away when they don't meet those standards, and that's okay because that's, you know, you know that you want more for yourself in that moment, and maybe they'll come around at a different point and you they will, like, mature or be in a different place later where they do want a relationship and things will line up that you can be together, you know, if that is right but in that moment you're not forcing them to you know pressuring them into like being something more when they just want to be friends with benefits in that moment you know like you can't force it so yeah and uh also again no no shame no judgment if you do want a friends with benefits situation you know that is what you want go for it just make sure you and the person are on the same page yeah exactly i guess that wasn't even in the question but yeah just dealing with it in general it's all about being honest with yourself in the beginning of what you want whether it is friends with benefits or not and just it's all about being on the same page i would agree it's definitely communication <laughs> the answer to all of these how to not feel discouraged being single when all my friends are practically getting engaged i have thoughts on this but i'm also in a committed relationship so i don't want to like speak out of turn here do you ever feel discouraged being single at this stage in your life or do you love it right now i mean it's just so personal it's like you have to ask yourself why get to the why and not the what the what is you're single and your friends are engaged is the why like okay you feel that you're not getting time with your friends is it like you feel that you know there's someone that you wish you were also engaged to or like you feel like you're behind or like what is it that's actually bothering you how do you feel about it though personally I mean the thing is is like I'm not someone who's really attached to institutions for the sake of institutions (laughs) this sounds like it okay not that a relationship is an institution but like I don't feel left out on a relationship I would it's like okay the thing is it's like there's not someone that I wish that I was in a long-term committed like serious relationship with in this moment you know Mm -hmm. so it's like I don't just want to be in a relationship for the sake of I feel like we've talked about this before it's like it's all about you know, being in that place with someone in particular and having someone that you feel that Mm -hmm. way about. So it's like, that's why you shouldn't be discouraged because you would rather, you know, hold out. Maybe your friends are in relationships, but they're on different paths and like your tracks are going at different speeds and it's not better one way or the other. It's just a matter of like, you would rather be happy with someone that's going to be, you know, that lifelong thing for you than just settle for the sake of the relationship. And I think that's bottom line, you know, like you would be happier. And I think people are happier single than they are settling anyway, or like in mm-hmm. situationships that are only satisfying half their needs and they're lying to themselves about, or like they think that the idea of the relationship is what's going to make them happy. But realistically, it's like, it's about the person that's on the other end of that relationship. It's about the expectations you put on it at the end of the day. Like, I don't go into first day. It's like thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be my lifelong relationship. So then I can have a summer house next to my best friends with their lifelong relationship. It's all about, like, you know, just doing it for the sake of meeting new people and having fun and being open to when things might connect. And it might be that thing that lasts forever, but not expecting it to because that's when you're and then there's me that would literally I, I would literally try on a guy's last name after like matching on bumble <laughs> well okay but that that's the thing it's like maybe once you actually meet them and get to know them and you have formed some sort of like even an early dating like having that you know relationship with them like then once you get attached like sure that's bound to happen if you really really like them but that's the thing it's all about if you actually like them 
rather than just liking the idea of like being with someone. This is kind of related to what I just said. Is it bad to date someone if you know he's not the one for you? Yes, I think it's bad to date someone because then you're just wasting both of your times. You know, it's like, what's the point of spending time with someone? Well, actually, no, it's like, again, it's about the expectations. If you just want to like have fun with someone and you're not trying to make it a lifelong thing at this time, like that's fine. But if you know that you want to find this lifelong whatever commitment to someone that you feel is right for you then you are, it is wrong, you know, because you don't want to be, like, spending time with someone when they could be, you know, with someone that's a better suit for them and vice versa. So I'd say it's just being honest with yourself at that point if you're just, like, with them for comfort or something when you know that it's not going to last. Like, that's not fair. It's easier said than done because I know I've been in a relationship before, not the one I'm currently in, um, where... I knew it wasn't going to be my lifelong relationship, but I was still in it for like the comfort and the convenience and like all of the shared mutual friends and stuff. And it was just kind of like a, oh, this is where I'm at in my life. Like, yeah, like I'm happy. It's fine. But like, I know this is not going to be the one at the end of the day. And it's just like not, I don't know. I just don't feel like it breeds a lot of positivity you know like ha- knowing that yeah it kind of feels like you're it's living like a sham right yeah it's, it's like like you're living a lie especially because at the time granted I was young I was like 19 whatever 20 you know I don't think that that person was on the same page with me I think they probably felt like it was had potential to be a long-term thing um and that's not really fair again like it's not fair to that person for them to be putting in like you said put in that time and that effort and it's not when fair you're to yourself not- either you know? Yeah, because I mean, that's time I could have been spending learning and growing and being on my own and living life. But again, I didn't necessarily have that self-awareness at the time or the courage or resolve to leave because I knew so much of my current life would be disrupted if I did. You know, a lot of mutual friends, a lot of, you know, situations, you know, it wasn't, you know, it's in college, so it was hard. But um, I, I think it just you owe it to yourself and you owe it to that person to respect both of your time and respect both of your investment for sure how to keep the spark alive when locked up together i assume you're not talking prison i assume you're talking the pandemic the best thing is just to make sure that you have time for yourself and your individual friends like you know in my relationship jason would have his nights with his friends where they you know even during the pandemic they would like you know, I'll go on house party or FaceTime together, play their games. And like, I would have my own time with my friends. I would go out of the house or do walks or things by myself or like with friends and like he would do his own thing. And then the time you do have together just feels so much more special because I mean, you nobody is designed to like have every need filled by one person and nobody is designed to spend every single moment of every single day with one person. Like you're going to go crazy, even if you love them to death. So I think just definitely prioritizing that you each have your own hobbies and interests and your own friends outside of each other, I think is really important. And if you don't have that, it's something to work towards that way. The time you do have together feels a lot more special. Yeah. And also, like you said, you grow a lot in the time you're apart too, and like having the space to miss each other, I think. But Mm -hmm. also um, in terms of keeping the spark alive, like I think it's also important to introduce new things too. So you're not just comfortable in your routines of like, okay, every night we watch this specific show and eat dinner together, but like go out and do new things with them too. If that's like, what's going to, you know, just throw something new into the mix and like make it, I mean, that's for anything, you know, if you do the same thing over and over, it's going to get redundant, but like, um, it's always like fun to have something new in any sort of relationship with someone to like throw in there and talk about and you know grow together and like have just like a different change of pace with them a lot of these aren't necessarily questions but just breakups sad face broken heart emoji I think first of all just like checking in with yourself and having you know giving yourself the space to feel those feelings and not just trying to like paint over them or like pretend that you're not hurting or go on with your life I think a lot of times people are like quick to try and look on social media like they're just doing fine and thriving without someone or whatever um but you know just I think it's fine to step away and not worry about like what they're thinking or if they're stalking you or anything but just like focus on yourself feel your feelings have an outlet um lean on your friends and family my best advice for breakups is 
distraction and time. That's really all like all you can do is try to stay as distracted as possible with like, you know, friends, like going out, doing fun things, you know, starting a new class, starting a new hobby, like just finding ways so that you're not just sitting alone, sad all the time. Yeah, you know? like Bella and Twilight. Do you remember when she literally just sat after Edward left in like three seasons of her just sitting in her room? Yeah, like that, all that's going to do is you're going to be sad or if you don't have a lot of willpower, you're going to end up calling them back and getting back together with them or like, you know, doing something you're going to regret later. So being distracted, staying busy and time with each day you wake up, it's going to get a tiny bit better. And then one day you're going to wake up and not be thinking about it. And I promise you, I have been there and that's what happens. Um, This next one says, so you're in a new relationship. How long do you wait before telling others like family? I think that's very personal because it depends on like what your relationship with your family is. And do you, you know, bring significant others home often or, you know, is it more of a special kind of a thing there? I don't think there's any like real metric on that. I think it just it depends on, you know, what your family dynamic is like. Um, I think it just depends on what you're comfortable with, you know, like if you text your mom immediately after your first dates and like catch her up on details like that, you know, why not go for it? But like, also it's just about, or if you're the kind of person that's like, okay, I just want to make sure that this is really, really solid and that we're going to, you know, this is something that's going to last long before I tell my family about it or something like that's cool too. But it's just, don't put other people's expectations or like what your friends did um, onto yourself. Like just do what you're comfortable with. I had a friend who waited three months into seeing a guy exclusively to even bring it up to her family that she was seeing someone. And then there's me who, if I had a really successful first date, I would tell my mom. So again, oh, yeah, there's no, that's there's, like completely opposite of me. <laughs> but again, it's different for different people. Cause like my mom and I talk about that kind of stuff. And then I would tell her, Oh, it didn't work out. And she'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry. And then the next day, Oh, I had the best first date. Oh, great. Oh, it didn't work out. Okay. <laughs> like that was just, that's just, she's me. just on the roller coaster right there with you. Okay. Thoughts on dating a coworker. I think this is tricky because it also depends on a lot of things. Like, if you're in a small community where, like, you hardly ever meet new people besides work, I think that's a lot more common for people to just, like, date people at work. Um, like, I know people in small towns where that's just, like, very normal. Um, but it also could cause a lot of issues if it doesn't work out or, you know, that's, like, someone that you have to see every day on a professional basis. And if you have, like, personal feelings of animosity that could get in the way of work after if it didn't work out, I don't know. I just think it's a risk. Um, but it also depends on your workplace and the dynamic and if it's like, you know, a power thing, if they're like at a different ranking than you and then it's like HR gets involved, it can just be really complicated. Or it could be the kind of thing where it's like Sierra and Jason where it was a temporary thing where they weren't going to be working together forever, but you met at work. So what mm-hmm. was that like? Did you like ever think about the work dynamic in that or was it more so like the social thing? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe it would have been different if it was like a long term like job. Yeah, I would exactly. have felt more of like a a hesitation to move forward with it but versus because I knew it was temporary. I was like, well, if this doesn't work out come the end of Halloween time, we won't have to see each other again, right. you know, because it was a seasonal job. Um, I have dated in a workplace setting prior to Jason and uh it can get messy when things don't work out um so I just say treat it with like great caution because especially in small work environments like when you have to work with that person or if they're mutual friends or like you know things and and you have to still go to work it can just get very because then it's like you know your work is a big part of your life and that's really important and you wouldn't want it to be the kind of thing where you get so uncomfortable that you want to like transfer to a different department or something. And then it like interferes with your own career. Like that's, it has bigger repercussions down the road that while you're like excited about this coworker in the beginning, you might not want to think about, or you might be thinking like, Oh, it'll work out. It's going to be fine. And you don't want to think about the, what if it didn't, but um, there's just a lot of risk involved. So you'll have to just be honest with yourself about the reward. Like, is it actually going to be worth it? Is it actually someone who's like, oh, this is a once in a lifetime, like this is my person kind of thing? Or is it like, a, oh, this would be fun. Like he's cute, whatever workplace thing. 
And if it is the, the 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 first one where you're like, oh, this could like really be my person, we really have a great connection, just start as friends. Like really try to build as much of a friendship as mm-hmm. possible so you can get to know them like on a friendship level. Like don't just like go on a date after work, like in the first week of meeting them, because then things potentially can get awkward and dicey very quickly. Um, but sometimes you can weed out with yourself like, oh, is this actual like connection or is this just, just like infatuation yeah. or excitement, right. you know, and sometimes by building a friendship with that person, you can weed that out and sort of train yourself to think about it differently because, you know, it's probably best for the workplace. But also, on the other hand, I'm not saying pass up on the love of your life. And if it is the love of your life, great. Like, you know, but one of you may have to leave the company at some point or like whatever or at least like, look into like the rules of like yeah because co-worker relationships in your hr department like you don't so. want to be caught up later on with a scandal on your hands when you didn't even realize that it was you know wrong or something advice for singles who move to a new city alone should they go out solo well we do have an episode about this we did an entire podcast episode about moving to a new city and we talked about that in the episode about like Mm -hmm. dating and putting yourself out there and it's a good way to get to know the city um especially you know it gives you an excuse to be like okay well take me to your favorite place i don't know anywhere like let's just go all out and meet a bunch of people at once um And yeah, I would just say, don't be afraid to put yourself out there, even if it's uncomfortable, because that's how you're going to, you know, it's going to be like that, even in friendships in a new city. It's just, it's always going to be a little uncomfortable, but that's how you're going to like grow. And that's how you're going to meet people that might be really important in your life. So, okay. Is the phrase once a cheater, always a cheater true? LOL. Okay. Well, it's hard to say like a hard yes or hard no on this because... It depends on so many things and it depends on the person. Um, I don't know. I would say most of the time I would say that, you know, especially if they're like cheating on someone with you, like how you get them is often how you lose them. And that's like Mm -hmm. harsh, but it does say something to their character. But then it also does say something to the, okay, maybe they're not like inherently a cheater in their soul, but they were in a situation where they weren't getting their needs met, etc. Like, I'm not trying to victimize the cheater, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, I don't think it's 100% either way and it's not black and white and it's very like situational. Um, So I think you just have to use your best judgment and like go with your gut. But I don't know. It, it's hard. I, I don't think that I would personally I've never been in a cheating situation myself so I can't speak personally but like I can't see myself you know after someone's cheated like it just it just says that you weren't you know like they needed to get something elsewhere that they weren't getting from you and like I'd rather be with someone who doesn't need to get something elsewhere you know like whatever it is so maybe you can work through it yeah. And maybe they can communicate, actually, I was feeling this, which they should have done in the first place, but they didn't. It There's a lot of factors here, basically, is what I'm saying. So I'm, this is a very complicated issue that I'm trying to, like, answer succinctly, but can't. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a matter of, like, maybe you can talk it out. And I'm not saying that, you know, if someone cheats, it's never going to work again. Because I know people where they said, you know, if someone cheats, I'm leaving. And then they cheated. And then they worked through it. And it was actually fine. And they had a healthy relationship after that. And they talked through what needs weren't met. But that's not always going to be the case either. So it's just tough. I don't know. What do you think in this situation? I just, I would say it's not a black or white thing. Yeah, it's really, I would just proceed with like really extreme caution and like, they always say if, if they cheat with, or if they cheat for you, they'll cheat on you. You yeah, know what I mean? Like it, it's just kind of like a, and if you're going to say like, oh, well, I'm different, you know, like they cheated with me. Because, because I'm special. I'm, I'm right. special. Like you're you're kind of just not being honest with the situation. Like who's to say that they won't meet someone else who is also special? And like the thing is, is that in life we go through cycles and seasons and sometimes you fall out of love with somebody and you want to be with somebody else. That's not a horrible thing. Yeah, but it's the horrible thing horrible is not you don't being tell them. Yeah. honest right. with that person and saying giving them the like respect to break up with them because they know that it's not working. I can't speak for all situations, but I can say that I have seen history repeat itself in certain situations and like relationships I've witnessed or things in friends or people I know 
it rarely is a isolated occurrence Mm -hmm. and often it happens again and yeah it's just it's a really slippery slope yeah and i would say in this i mean this isn't necessarily the most applicable um but i think it does work is you know pay attention to patterns and not people's potential like if it's a pattern of them cheating and you keep excusing it of like okay but it was just because of this and they actually could be a really great partner for me because you know I'm supposed to be with them and not the person that they were with before etc etc like pay attention to their patterns and if this is something that's like keeps happening or has happened more than once I think that's a great quote patterns not potential so often we fall in love with potential and like who they could be or who they could become or like who you could shape them to be and that's just the fixer in all of us but you can't fall in love with potential because if you have to fix someone to get them to like who you want to be that is not the right situation for you no way no how not saying you can't bring out the best in each other and grow and change and like get you know become a better version of yourself but like the raw file of like who christy is who sierra is who all these people are is pretty much gonna be the same it just will become a better version of that file. You know, you throw in some edits, saturation, contrast, you know, whatever. So this is a fun one. What are your dating red flags? Red Ooh. flags are always fun. I would say uh, there's depends on I, a big one is like how they treat other people, how they treat like even just like servers in restaurants or people on the street or like other people in their life. If they're like rude to other people, I think that's a red flag. I said I heard a story of a uh, a woman who left her husband like on their wedding day, like didn't go through with the marriage because she overheard how he was talking to his mother and he wow. was like being so like belittling and rude and unkind to his mother. And she was like, that's going to end up being me. This is not going to work. And they didn't go through with the marriage. And I was like, that's Whoa. insane. But also like major kudos to her because that must have been so hard at that stage in the game to make that decision when you like, especially if you think you have an idea of how someone is and then at that point to like have something that changes the game that's so hard but i mean you know you probably you're probably onto something what about you major red flags what's great is that as i've gotten older my list of red flags has grown and i don't think that's me being picky i think it's me learning to settle less and learning to realize what is like a bad things more for exactly and seeing things more for what they are um, you know, there's a difference between like a quirk and a red flag, you know, and I think that that discernment comes with with maturity. Yeah. Um, yeah, being rude to like waiters or servers or anyone who like looks down on people in service positions like that is 100% a huge red flag for me. Um, people that don't like listen and like won't let you yeah. Like, don't want to listen to you talk about yourself, but only talk about themselves. That's also a red flag for me. People that just, like, Um, don't show any interest. Like, they only show interest in themselves. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, And anybody who would make me feel, like, uncomfortable being, like, fully myself. Who would, like, tease me for being weird or, like, make fun of one of my hobbies or, like, anything where it it, it felt like they were trying to be a little down on or... Belittle, belittle me anyone who's like patronizing um thinking they're better than you um and uh, oh huge one possession yeah people who are like guys who are possessive and like don't let you want don't want you to like wear certain things Talk do certain, certain things people. again yeah it's uh very interesting that i say that because i went through a relationship like that and i i saw all the red flags but i didn't listen to them and i was gaslighted the hell out of well what they you know were. when you see the ro- okay wait no this is the quote i don't want to mess it up when you see the world through rose-colored glasses all the red flags just look like flags yeah it uh it definitely taught me a lot and now that i'm through that and out the other side i would spot it i think i would spot the signs of it like the early early signs of it before maybe somebody else would just because i i've seen the full spectrum of what that can become and so i'm like hyper cognizant of it now um so there's there's a lot like i mean i could go on there's a lot of things but i think it's important to have a lot of flags and a lot of um standards standards absolutely i also think a big one i mean it's kind of related to possession is like jealousy when it's not a healthy amount you know it's like Mm -hmm. overreaching kind of jealousy where it's like 
I don't know. I, I really don't like that clingy jealousy, like wants to know where you are and what you're doing all the time. Like that's a huge turn off for me. I think I just need someone who like gives me a healthy amount of space and freedom and not like is smothering mm-hmm. and is like super attached all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's not necessarily, that's more of a preference than a red flag. Cause some people like people that are like always there and present, but um, when they're yeah. just, when it's, smothering i guess is the red flag part of it when it's just like you can't get mm-hmm. away <laughs> people that don't like want you to have your own life like your own hobbies your own right. friend time. that's like, like that's something that's flag. so important to jason and i is like he has his friend time i have my friend time and it's not weird like i would never be like i see all these jokes online all the time of like the girlfriends that like want to prevent their their boyfriend or partner from going out with their friends and are like oh i'm gonna put nyquil in his soda so that he doesn't go out with the boys i've never like, seen that that's not funny it was like a trend on tiktok and i was like and that's i'm like if you don't trust your partner to like go out and like have a good time with their friends and not make shady decisions like that is not a good relationship yeah. like like Jason's literally going out with his friends tonight and they're all going to like they go they're all fully vaccinated, they're going to go out to dinner, they're going to go out to bars and like have a bros night. And I'm like, "Great, good for you. I'm going to use that chance to like organize the pantry and like catch up on my emails. Like good that's great, you know. Uh, have your friend time and then I had girl girls night friend night on Tuesday. And if you're not like comfortable with your partner doing things like that, something's up. Like that Ask that's why. weird. Like yeah exactly and i'm not saying that if they're giving you a reason not to trust them you need to like look into that or if they have given you no reason not to trust them and you're still paranoid you need to look into that yeah on your own end projecting your own insecurities like 100 okay this one uh we kind of talked about actually did we talk about this dating during a pandemic in quotations it says in canada there's a lot of restrictions still tired of waiting this out um i mean yeah like we said the virtual thing it's really hard um i think it's just like knowing your own needs but also like your own style i guess like sierra said at the beginning like she's someone who can really like build a relationship texting or like likes that kind of relationship and if it's i mean obviously the only real way you can meet new people is like virtually essentially um in lockdown situations so if it's like over an app or something you know, you can do that um, if you're into the FaceTime dates. But it's just, I would rather meet them in person. So I get that it's so frustrating when it's just constantly like, oh my God, I don't want to do a FaceTime date at this moment, you know? In that case, you can just wait it out. Like, some, there's nothing wrong with waiting it out. Yeah, it's just don't force it. If it's, if it's bringing you more stress than it is actually, like, fun or, you know, something that's actually going somewhere or whatever, if it's just making it, like, a chore for you, then don't force yourself to do it this is kind of fun uh what's a tip uh, like a dating tip i assume you would give each other christy you have a dating tip for me or relationship tip okay i think you should surprise jason and take him on a hot air balloon ride because that's what i would want no i think you should no you should do something as a surprise like um like a I don't know, just like going somewhere, like a sunrise or something. Well, actually, that might be too early for you guys. But just <laughs> for like, um, you could do sunset. Just be like, okay, Jason, at this time, get in the car. We're going somewhere. And just drive to the beach. It's free. And go watch the sunset together. And like bring, well, not wine because you're in a car. But like charcuterie. I don't know. Just something cute. Like a little picnic at the beach. Something where I've like taken initiative and like planned yeah. the whole thing. I'm very indecisive. So I, I have a hard time taking initiative. So, so that's why good. you won't th- see it coming. That's what I'm saying. More surprises. Except unless you listen to this episode, in which case, damn it. Well, then you got to do it quick. You got one week. <laughs> I know. Oh, less than a week, um, I guess, because we're filming this episode. Okay. My tip for you is for your dating life, I guess, because um, you are single. To not, I guess my tip for you would be to not be afraid to like take a leap of faith and trust someone and open up even if it means like you may have to get like it's not going to work out or it's it you know it might be a risk because I've opened up to people or like taken a leap of faith and then they were shitty and I never saw them again and I was like well great I just put my heart on the line for absolutely (laughs) nothing Um, but sometimes it's really worth it just to like have that connection and sometimes it works out 1000% for the best so I guess that'd be my tip. Yeah, emotional vulnerability. Not my strong suit. (laughs) It's really what can take something from being like, oh, this was a fun first date to being like, oh, wow, that was a connection. 
yeah, like on The Bachelor, you know, you don't open up on week two, you're out the door. The fact that like all the people have to like literally share their all of their emotional baggage like on live television on the second time spending time with this person or they get booted pretty much is like, it's so exploit ex- exploitative. How do you say that? Exploitative? Yeah, exploitative. Yeah, that is so bad like some of the things they put like people's personal relationships even bringing like family members on the show and showing their interactions that are so raw and real and then it's just like for their tv ratings it's really messed up like it's yeah i honestly like after this last season i was like over the bachelor like i didn't want to watch anymore i don't know if i'm gonna watch next season honestly because you got to put your money where your mouth is and we're always like this show is so terrible and promotes terrible things and then we're like oh we're watching every tuesday yeah so like that conversation maybe we need to find a better reality show if you guys watched this past season with matt and he had this conversation like with his dad and it was just so real and i was like there's like why is abc airing this like this should just be a private moment between the two of them like it's just so hard to watch like you could tell that it was so painful for matt in itself just like one-on-one with his dad plus camera people plus the entire world watching it and judging it it's just so sad that they i don't know it was rough and i heard later that they like asked he asked them to not air it and they did it anyway oh really i didn't hear that that's so yeah i heard that up. he was he like saw the footage of it and was like, "This is like too personal. Like, I don't want this aired." And they aired it anyway because they were like, wait, it's in your "That's contract. like heartbreaking." Oh, I yeah, it's really shitty. Okay, going on the Bachelor. First question is, "What is your limo entrance?" And second question, "What week do you get sent home?" Go. I feel um, like you'd have to unicycle in because that was in my your in- entrance. I would not have, like, a glamorous America's Next Top Model entrance. Like, no way. Mm -hmm. I would do something like wearing goat slippers or a frog suit or something. Like, like I probably, because I can unicycle, which most people don't have that talent. I'm just going to brush that chip off my shoulder. Um, But I would unicycle in in some kind of costume. Like, maybe, like, like I said, like a frog suit. I would wear, like, I don't know neon bodysuit with then a matching fish you like, are like wearing that the rest of the night would you commit <laughs> maybe i would do something where i could have like an unzip moment and then it's like oh she's actually cute um but i under would enter like suit. like under the frog suit i have like a cute little romper or something <laughs> and like i have a moment where i pull off like my frog beanie and then i have like my hair falls down in like cascading waves I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> like the moment in the Uh-oh. movies where the nerd girl takes off her glasses and suddenly she's like perfectly you know model look it was just yeah, so the girl the who takes off the motorcycle helmet and then does the like hair swish out from left to right um that would be me but taking off a bike helmet after riding a unicycle in so. <laughs> taking off knee pads after you get off your unicycle i would have a whole moment where i pull off my elbow pads my knee pads my my neck guard my mouth guard my helmet my retainer <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, and I just I glow up right before his eyes or her eyes, whoever. Nice. And then what week do you think you get sent home? I feel like you would be I think I would I think I would make it to like top three, honestly. Oh, I was gonna say you'd be on the two odd one. <laughs> no, I feel like they would try to make me the villain, honestly. On Bachelor like, Paradise or on the show? On the show. Oh. Yeah, girls just like don't really get along with me. <laughs> Pick me, girl. <laughs> Yeah, what is the deal with Unicycle Girl? Like, she's so <laughs> annoying. I don't know. Okay, we'll have yeah, to see. So how then, about, okay, how about okay you? I get it. So you'd be villainized and then put on a two-on-one and then sent home even though you... And then on Bachelor in Paradise, they would learn that you were just cast in a bad light all along and that you were a great person. And then you It was editing the, the whole time. Yes, it was the yeah, producers. Yeah, you know what? Always blame the Whatever. producers. So what would be your entrance? Okay, I feel like I would try and do something like an extreme sport, like skydiving in or like hang gliding in, but then something would go wrong and then I would like fall on my face or like something would catch fire or something like that. I'd, I'd How about just... you just fall fall into the bachelor's arms and then it's like romantic. Except, yeah, except then I'm too short and then I just fall on my face and he doesn't catch me. Yeah, that's probably what would happen. Mm. Um, Something not graceful. And it would just be one of those moments where it's like, oh, it could be a cute laugh it off bonding moment, but it's not. It's just straight up awkward. <laughs> 
Um, what if you did a flying squirrel suit? I would not wear a suit. I'm sorry. I can't. I The people who wear like the costumes and stuff, I can't do it. But I commend you. So what, would you hang glide in in a ball gown? Perhaps. I like the robber idea because then it's like pants kind of, you know. And yeah. then, um, you know, some... I don't know if you can land in wedges. Um, I probably couldn't wear heels. I'd probably fucking be wearing Air Force Ones knowing me. Just tennis shoes and like the ball gown fancy romper. Um, yeah. And then I'd probably be sent home on like week three and no one would remember me. And that would be my time. On the oh, that's, just, that's so sad. <laughs> I mean, that's realistic though, because I wouldn't engage with the drama and I would just be laughing at everyone and I wouldn't get any airtime because I'd be very uninteresting for the show, I think. Like, just being realistic. Yeah. Like, I just wouldn't be... I don't know. I feel like I'd have funny imagine you lines also... in ITMs, yeah. and then they wouldn't use them. <laughs> I feel like, also, you would not sit down on a one-on-one and spill your guts on week two. Yeah, no way. No. And I would be making a joke out of things when they're like, okay, now you actually have to be serious. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, no. Like, your trauma. And I was like, no. Your trauma. <laughs> Drama? Did you say llama proceeds <laughs> to make llama noises at the table? That would be me. I'd like you the one who puts like chopsticks in my nose and says I'm a walrus. Oh that that, that would be more my style. Anyway, yeah. So that is um just a little image of us on The Bachelor to wrap up this dating episode for you guys. I hope you enjoyed listening. It was always it's always fun to get your questions and like interact with you guys on the podcast. So you can subscribe and follow us at Fingers Cross Pod on Instagram if you want to be involved in the future because we do these kind of a lot, getting your feedback and stories and all that jazz. So stick around. Yeah. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast and don't forget to subscribe. And without further ado, we'll see you next week. Keep your fingers crossed.